Hello, I'm Tim Rhodes, pastor of Bethel Baptist Church, and welcome to our morning worship service. Bethel Baptist Church is located on Kentucky Highway 36 in Frenchburg, Kentucky. You can find our website at www.bethelbaptistfrenchburg.com, and you can reach us at 606-768-3768 or 606-776-7360. If you'd like to write us, you'd like to know more about our church, you have questions, you'd even like to help and support, you can reach us at Post Office Box 141, Frenchburg, Kentucky, 40322. I trust you'll enjoy our service and perhaps be part of our ministry. But God bless you as we join our morning worship service. Amen. Please turn with me this morning to a couple of passages we'll look at starting in 2 Peter. Chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. Looking at verses 3 and 4. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers or skeptics walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. And then in 1 Thessalonians... Chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then southern destruct, sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, but they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Now, Father, we thank you for your word and the truth and power of it. And as we studied together, Today, I pray that every word spoken is yours and not mine. I pray that you would bless and challenge and convict all of us. And I pray that we'd all be in your will. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, tonight, as you know, uh, we've been talking about, we'll start a, uh, a series on uh, Revelation. And on last days and on uh, prophecy, um, signs of the times, and, and all those kinds of things. And um, you know, this is a this is something it seems like the interest in has waned. Yeah. Used to people used to, uh, people loved to study about last days and the return of Christ and all of that, but Things have kind of 
waned a little bit. I think folks are beginning to think that, like this verse says, that look, from the beginning of time, we've been talking about this. Enoch talked about it. He preached about it. And now, nothing's happened. It's all the same. So maybe people just kind of forgotten about it, given up on it, think, well, maybe he's not coming back. Well, let's look at that this morning and talk about it just a little bit uh, as we prepare for our series. And let me just first of all say that the return of Christ is a fundamental of the faith. Now let me tell you, it is a foundational stone of our faith. We believe with all of our hearts he is coming back. Now there are lots of things in our, even in our faith, there are lots of doctrines that people disagree about. And we can, we can discuss them and, and uh, we can agree to disagree and we can fellowship together. But there are some things that are fundamentals of the faith that we disagree, but we can't fellowship. There's just some things that are sacred, fundamental pillars of our faith. Things like that the Bible is God's word, therefore it is the inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God. The Bible is God's word. Now I can't, I can't fellowship with you if you don't believe that about God's word because there's no bridge there for us to get together on because if you don't believe all of that's God's word then how do you know which is and which isn't now that doesn't mean that I understand everything it says I don't but I do know that's God's word every single word of it is God's word and it is without error it cannot fail. It is God's word. And there's things like uh, the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't fellowship with you if you believe he's simply a man, a teacher, a rabbi, a leader. You, if you don't believe he is the son of God, God's son, and in his deity that he is God, I can't fellowship with you. Because that's what the Bible says. And it's what he said about himself when he was, he said he was, I am, which is Jehovah or Yahweh. We believe in salvation by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is an absolute fundamental of the faith that we are saved by God's grace that was demonstrated on the Lord Jesus Christ, including his virgin birth, his atoning death, his resurrection, all of those things. I can't fellowship with you if you don't believe those things because that is heresy and against God's word if you don't believe those things. If you believe that just his spirit is alive today and not he himself, I can't fellowship with you. I can love you, but I can't fellowship with you because our faith says that we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of works. It's not a religion. It's not a righteousness. And the Bible says that we're saved because we're, it says that our forgiveness comes by the shedding of blood. His 
the, His blood. We're redeemed by His precious blood. Uh, we're saved by His death, burial, resurrection. And so that's, those are fundamentals of the faith. And one of the, another fundamental of the faith is He's coming back. Now you may think he's, you may have all kinds of different zany beliefs as to when he's coming back and how he's coming back and what's going to happen when he comes back. But as long as you believe he's coming back, we can fellowship. But if you don't think he's coming back, if you're one of these skeptics, one of these scoffers, one of these people say, well, obviously he's not coming back. I can't fellowship with you because the Lord Jesus is coming back. He said himself, his own testimony in John 14 is he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I prepare it, I will come again and receive you unto myself. He said he's coming back. Now that's good enough for me right there. The Bible also says in Titus, in Titus chapter uh, 1, chapter 2, and in verse 13, it says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus is coming back. Now, we're going to say much about that. We're going to say how he's coming in the air, and then we're going to say how he's coming to the earth. We're going to talk about how he's coming in the clouds, and then we're going to talk about how he's coming with the clouds. I mean, we're going to have all kinds of things to talk about. But here's the bottom line. You must understand this. You must get it. You must believe it. You must hope in it. That is, the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. He is going to return. That is an absolute fundamental of the faith. And as a matter of fact, the Bible says about five times more about his second coming than about his first coming. And the Bible's filled with prophecies about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ and the hope that it brings us. And so, until he returns then this morning, I want us to talk about until he returns, uh, you, you may ask the question, okay, we've been waiting all of this time, and skeptics, scoffers, questions, so when is he coming? When? When is the Lord Jesus uh, coming? Well, the answer to that is this, I don't know. And you don't know. And Bible scholars don't know. And preachers don't know. Evangelists don't know. All the televangelists don't know no one knows look what jesus said about that himself now look over in matthew in matthew 24 and verse 36 he says but of that day and hour knoweth no man no not the angels of heaven but my father only and then look in mark the very next book in mark chapter 13 Uh, verse 32, but of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Father, neither the Son, but the Father. And so, I don't know when he's coming back. I would say to you that it seems to be soon. Uh, I would say, I'll tell you for sure, it's, it's sooner than it was. He's, he, he is coming back. I don't know when he's coming back. 
And I think he did that on purpose. He didn't tell us because if we knew, if we knew he wasn't coming back until some certain date in the future, we wouldn't give it a thought. We wouldn't worry about it. This is the way we do. We'd wait to the night before and then we'd try to get everything taken care of for the next morning. And they'd try, we'd plan to be about 30 minutes late. Amen? Amen. So he didn't tell us. And so we have to be ready at any moment when he could come back. And we'll be looking, talking about the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I don't know when he's coming back. And he, the, the, the disciples even asked him, so what is the sign of your coming? And so we need to see the signs. We need to watch the signs. We're driving down the road. You ever drive down the road? Maybe it just, just happens as we get older. But you're driving down the road, and uh, all of a sudden you're, you're five or ten miles past where you're supposed to be because you weren't paying attention, missed the sign. Yeah. Or you think you know where it is, and you don't pay any attention, you miss the sign. And you end up in the wrong place. Well, the Lord Jesus said, said, there are signs to watch the signs. And so what are those signs? What signs? Well, we're going to be talking about a bunch of those in our study. But let me just quickly tell you, as we look at this this morning, about some of the major signs you ought to be looking at, you ought to be paying attention to. One of them, Israel and what's going on over there. One of the biggest things that ever happened in history happened in 1948 and is still relevant. And we'll talk about that. You ought to be watching what's going on in Russia. You should be paying attention to what's going on in Russia. You should be watching what's going on in Iran. In the last days, those two countries and others, they're going to attack Israel. I'm telling you that. And they're building up to do that. So if that's coming soon, then we're going to meet the Lord Jesus Christ soon. Keep your, keep your eyes on that. Also watch the skeptics and watch the false teachers. There's a lot of false teachers these days telling people this and this and this and this. That's a sign of the last days of these false teachers. And when people are drugged away by every kind of, every wind of doctrine and doc, doctors, uh, uh, doctrines of demons and all, I mean, there's all kinds of things that people believe. That's one of the signs. The apostate church. The church, they call it in 2 Timothy 3, that has a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. In Revelation 3, it talks about the apostate church, that they think they have everything, and they don't understand that they're in terrible shape, such bad shape, so lukewarm, that the Lord Jesus says, you make me sick. That's what he says. You make me want to throw up. You ought to watch uh, the perilous times that were in the immoral Wicked times that we're in. 
That's a sign of the last days. You ought to see something and watch something like when Jesus said, as in the days of Noah. What was going on in the days of Noah? Well, beyond their wickedness and people doing whatever entered their hearts and minds, people were just going on about their business, living their lives, not paying any attention at all to the warnings of Noah about what was happening. In other words, if you will look around, you'll see that the days are perfectly in line with Scripture for the soon return of our Lord. And you ought to be ready. So, let's look at some of the things we ought to be doing until He comes. Until He returns, number one, of course, is watch. Now, this is a word Jesus used. He said, watch, 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 watch. He said it over and over and over. In verse, uh, or in uh, uh, Mark uh, chapter 13, he said, take heed, watch, and pray, for you know not when the time is. In verse 35, watch, therefore, you know not when the master of the house cometh. In verse 36, lest coming suddenly find you sleeping, and what I say unto you, I say unto you all, watch. And so we need to watch for him. Now, this word watch doesn't just mean like you casually watch. This means to watch with expectation. This means that you are expecting the Lord Jesus to come, and you're watching for him to come. Now, in the early church, the thing that moved them so much, that motivated them so much, that brought this boldness and this witness and this movement of the church is that they not only had seen the resurrected Savior and known He went home, but they expected Him to come back any moment. And so they watched for Him to show up. They were always watching for the Lord Jesus. It means to look for, but not just look for, to longingly look for. Meaning they wanted Him to come back. They didn't dread for Him to come back. They wanted to see Him. They wanted to be rescued. They wanted to be with Him. And so we need to watch. Now, if you'll turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, back to, back to that part of our text. Uh, Greg Laurie had some things here to say about this passage as we look at these verses. Uh, listen to this in verses 6 through 8. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. And so as we watch, we need to wake up, sober up, and suit up from this passage. First of all, to wake up. Be alert. The Lord Jesus used these words. Take heed. Take heed. If you know He's coming back, and if that is our blessed hope, 
then we need to be alert to all these things that's going on around us. This is not just something to read with interest. And it's not something to read with fear. It's something to read knowing that Bible prophecy is being fulfilled and our Lord is even at the door. He's coming back for us. The saved. The church. The bride. The body. He's coming back for us. And you need to take heed to all of these signs. To be alert to what's going on around you. Things are just lining up. It's not just that Iran hates Israel. It is not just that Russia wants to supply them with things. This is Bible prophecy coming to pass as they gather together and prepare for this all-out attack on Israel. When you see these things about Iran and their relationship toward and their hatred toward Israel, and you see Russia coming, becoming allies with this terrorist nation, you know then, because you know Scripture, because you know Ezekiel 38 and 39, that this is a last days thing. And they're going to attack Israel. And God's going to protect Israel. And He's going to wipe them out. But anyway, we need to wake up, be alert, take heed. And then we need to sober up. That means be clear-headed. It means focus on these things. Don't be caught off guard. Don't be wandering around. Keep your focus on the Lord Jesus, on Israel, on these signs, on Scripture. Keep your head clear. And focused on these things. And then we need to suit up. That means put on the armor. Read in in Ephesians chapter 6, the whole armor of God. The belt of truth that holds everything together. Rather than listen to all the crazy doctrines that's going on out there, what does the Bible say? That's your truth. That's your belt. That holds everything in your life together. If you don't have the truth... You don't know what to do. You don't know what to think. You don't know where to head. You don't know who's telling the the truth. You need the truth, which comes from God's Word. And then you put on the breastplate so that every day you can protect your heart, protect your emotions. You can protect the vital organs, the, the breastplate of righteousness, of right living to keep you on track. And keep the, 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 the shoes that keep you moving forward. And, and keep the, the, the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of, of Satan. The doubt, the discouragement, all these things. And then it says to put on the helmet. The, in here in this passage called the helmet of, of hope. But it is the helmet to keep the confidence, to keep your assurance. So that you know you're saved and you know the scripture. And you know what's going to happen. You know he's coming back. You know he's going to rescue. Put on that helmet of hope every day. That living, sustaining, blessed hope of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and his soon return. Suit up. With a spiritual warfare. Don't be someone that doesn't know 
anything about what's going on. And someone who's living in doubt and discouragement, and you don't know if you're saved or not, get in the Scriptures and do what it says, and know you are saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, and live and walk in confidence. The helmet of the hope, the blessed hope, the assurance of salvation. And then, not just watch, but work. We're to be working until He returns. He's not, to, he's not to come finding us just hanging out somewhere. Look, we, we are all, Jesus said, we need to pray for workers because there's this great harvest out there. People need to be saved. He said, pray for workers. It's just like we do. Uh, let me see if it's in this one today. I'm looking at the bulletin. It says, we need workers. It says, we need volunteers to help with Awana. We especially need teachers, helpers, van drivers. We need workers. Jesus said, back in his day, he's doing the same thing. He was like a pastor. He's saying, we need workers. There's people out in the harvest. There's kids. There's adults. There's all kinds of people. We need workers. Since His day, we're still doing the same thing. The Lord Jesus is coming back and we're still saying we need workers, we need workers, we need workers, we need workers. The harvest is plenteous. The workers are few. And so, and until He returns, we're to be working. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We weren't saved. You just say, oh, I'm saved. Man, I got it made. I don't have to do anything now. Just hang out. That's not what he said. We've been created to do good works. And so there's workers. And there's work for all the workers. And there's good works for all the workers. And then there's finished work. You can't finish what you don't start. So we need to get started. So we can finish before he comes back. Are you with me? Amen. All right. We need workers. And all of us are workers. It's not like you have a choice. It's just whether or not you submit to what God has called you to do. It's not whether you, it, it, look, it's not a decision of whether you're a worker or not. When you got saved, when you trusted Christ as Savior, you became some things. You became a child of God. You became an ambassador for Christ. You became a worker in His harvest. That's not a choice. You made a choice about being saved. But when you got saved, you became some things. And one of those is a worker in His harvest. And so, you need to work. Amen? Amen. You need to do the good works that you were saved to do and to finish your work. Our good works will lead people on the path to salvation, on the path to heaven. He said that you're the light of the world and your good works will lead people to the Father. And so they'll be saved. Workers doing work, doing good works, 
finishing their work before the Lord Jesus returns. Now, I don't know when he's going to return, right? We don't know. So we better get started because it might be tomorrow. Can you get it all done in one day? We better get after it, hadn't we? Amen. Amen. And then, third thing, of course, you knew this was coming, and that is to witness. Now, I know I talked to I'm blue in the face. And I'll just keep on and keep on because that's what we're supposed to do. When you got saved, you became some things. A child, an ambassador, a worker, and a witness. That's your job. That's all of our jobs. is to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, proclaim the gospel to every creature, every one of them. So I want you to look at some things here in this. In these two passages of Mark and then in Luke, let's look in Luke, turn there. Mark says, go into all the world, preach the gospel or proclaim the gospel to every creature. And then we have the story in Luke 15 or Luke 14 about the supper. And you know the Lord Jesus, He's making a great supper. There's going to be the marriage supper of the Lamb when He, the groom, and the bride, who is the church, the body, the saved, come together in the marriage supper of the Lamb, or the marriage of the Lamb. And look what He does as He sends His people out. First of all, in, in, in Mark, it says, go and tell, right? Go and tell them. Go and proclaim the gospel. Every creature, no one is to be left out. Nobody. Every person in the world is to be told about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not to leave anybody else. Nobody's left out. Then, in this passage, he says, go bring them. In verse 31, go out quickly, or 21, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring. So go and tell Go and bring. Go and tell is not, not strong enough. So go and bring them. Who in here drives a van? And any time, any direction, coming or going, uh, whether you're driving or you're the shotgun on there, stand up right now. Hurry, I don't have much time. They're closing down. Look at this. These people go into the highways and hedges and bring them in. Amen. He said, he sent his servants out and said, go and tell them. And then he said, go and bring them because it needed to be stronger. Telling them wasn't getting them all in. So he said, go bring them. And then he said in verse 23, go out in the highways, hedges and compel, compel them to come in. Don't take no for an answer. Bring them, compel them, make them come in. That's the language of that. It's that strong language. I know we can't make someone to be saved. That's not what it means. It means, though, to emphasize that we're to do everything we can to make them come in because we know that they're going to hell if they don't come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the language is strong. Listen, the Lord Jesus is coming back. 
It's bad for people who don't know Christ as Savior. For us, it is a blessed hope. Because we're going to be with Him. For those who are not saved, it is a nightmare. For those who are not saved, it is destruction. For those who are not saved, it is loss. It is hopelessness. We need to get serious about this. Here's here's something to consider. Do you believe? Do you believe He is coming? Now, do you believe He's coming? Now, I don't want you. To, I don't want you to answer this in your theology. I know that everybody who's in here, I know that all of you, you, you you're saved. You've been here for a while. If you've been here any time at all, I know you know the, the the theology of He's coming back. I know that, and I know you probably believe it. Every single one of you know He's coming back. But do you in your practical life, in your day-to-day living, do you believe He's coming back? It's just like hell. I know every single person in here believes the theology of there is a hell. But we deny it when we simply ignore telling people about it. It's like we don't really believe it or we would tell them. I mean, if we really believed in a literal burning eternal hell, wouldn't that make us want to tell people and warn people? See, in our theology, we believe it. But in our practical lives, it's like we don't. Because we don't worry about it. We're not concerned about it. We don't tell people about it. So, yes, we say we believe it, but we really don't demonstrate it. Same thing about this. We believe He's coming back in our theology. But it's not like we're exactly looking for Him today. Is that right? Am I telling you the truth? Now if I'm wrong, tell me. I'm just saying in our practical lives, we don't really act like we believe He's coming back. It's not like we're watching for Him. It's not like we get up in the morning and say, I wonder if the Lord Jesus will come back today. He might. He might come back today. If you do, do you believe He's coming soon? Do you truly believe that the Lord Jesus could come this very moment? Are you ready? If he does right now, are you ready? I'm not saying just saved. I'm just saying at this moment, are you ready to face the Lord Jesus? Are you ready to to just look him in the face or could we even look him in the face? Or would would we be bound because we weren't ready? I'm not talking about being saved. I'm talking about standing before him. When he judges our faithfulness. You know he's going to judge your faithfulness. You do know that right? Even though you're saved. He's not going to judge your sins. They're gone. There's nothing to judge. 
but he is going to judge your faithfulness. You're going to stand before him. Nail-scarred hands. Are you going to be able to say you're finished? You finished your work? Are you going to be able to say, or will he be able to say, you are faithful to me. You did everything I asked you to do. I mean, it's a serious thing. I'm not talking about your theology. I'm confident in your theology. I'm talking about in your everyday life. Do you believe he's coming back? And do you believe it could be soon? And if it's soon, are you ready? Do you know anybody in your life who's not saved? Do you know anybody who's not saved? Is there anybody in your family who's not saved? Is there anybody in your friends who's not saved? Have you told them that the Lord Jesus could come back any moment? And if they're left behind, it's going to be really bad for them. Have you told them about that? Man, the church used to be motivated by the fact that the, they expected the Lord Jesus any minute. I can even remember in my lifetime when people would get so stirred up about the Lord Jesus coming back. Some of y'all remember in the 70s that, that movie called Thief in the Night. I mean, it, if you showed it today, it was such bad quality. But that movie brought conviction upon so many people. Bundles of people got saved. Even here, it's like in the 20s. Of people got saved. I believe it's in the 70s. It's been a long time ago. But you don't hear anybody talking about it anymore. Well, just keep in mind the scripture says, Jesus said, in an hour that you think not, while we're sleeping, while we're sleeping, like a thief in the night, the Lord Jesus is coming to get his valuables. I pray we truly believe he's coming. I pray that we're looking at the signs that we believe with all of our hearts it's soon. And I pray we'll all be ready. If you're here without the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not ready. But today, you could be ready by coming to Jesus and accepting Him as Savior. He wants to forgive you. He wants to save you. He wants to come back for you. If you're not saved today, you could be saved. If you are saved but you're not working, you're not doing what He wants you to do, you're not obedient to what the Holy Spirit is guiding and leading you, you're not ready. Let's pray. We'll do, we'll be ready. All of us will be ready for him to come.
Well, I hope you enjoyed our program today, and I hope you were blessed by it. It is our uh, hope and our prayer that each week as you watch this program, you'll receive a blessing from God's Word. Our songs, our messages, they're about the Lord Jesus Christ. And perhaps someone accepted Christ today as Savior. If you did, we want to rejoice with you. And I just ask you, please drop a note in the mail to Bethel Baptist Church, Post Office Box 141, Frenchburg, Kentucky, and let us know. And we'll send you some material and we'll rejoice with you. Perhaps you're thinking about being saved. You never trusted Christ as Savior. And He is your greatest need. And today I just urge you uh, to admit that you're a sinner. You know, we all are. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But if you just acknowledge you're, you're a sinner and believe that Jesus Christ truly is the one and only Savior, the only way to heaven, if you'd ask Him to forgive you of your sins to come into your life and save you, Jesus will forgive you. He will save you. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus is the Christ, that He died and rose again, He will save you. Our prayer is that you would know Christ as Savior. And if you are saved, it's our prayer that you would serve the Lord Jesus Christ faithfully. We're to accept Him as Savior but we're to serve Him as Lord, as you heard in the message. And so, thanks for watching the program. If you have questions, let us know. Uh, pray for us as we pray for you, and may God bless you.